You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are exactly what the world needs, and God has brought you here for His divine purpose. This is not the time to wring your hands in despair. This is not the time to get drowned by the voices and turbulence of the outside world. This is not the time to get worried about what you could have done and what you couldn't do in the past years. Rise into your decade of relevance. Step into your season of prominence. A new decade has just begun. This is Purpose 2020. And now, prepare your hearts as we welcome God's servant this morning. And we are still on a journey to discover ancient landmarks. And I think this will be the penultimate. Next week we'll be done. But, or next two weeks, I'm not sure. Um, but today we want to look at the landmark of the anointing. The anointing, the pouring of oil and the anointing. And I want you to have a very open mind. Because today I will try and challenge some of the things that we have come to do without much understanding. The anointing. It's one of the most misunderstood, misapplied um, functions of our faith. And today I pray that you will live here with understanding and the ability to apply this in your life in a way that will bless you. Um, we want to take our anchor scriptures. Can you turn with me to Exodus 31, 1 to 5? I'll do James 5, 14 to 15. I'll do Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. And then I'll finish off with Acts 2, 16 to 17, which is the main foundation for this sermon. So let's start off from Exodus. Exodus 31 and verses 1 to 5. And the title of my sermon this morning, the subtitle actually, is Dreams, Visions, and Prophecies. But we are talking about anointing. Dreams, Visions, and Prophecies. Exodus 31, verses 1 to 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have anointed and filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels, for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Now let's go to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And I'm doing 61, 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Now let's go to James 4, 
and verses 14 to 15. James 4, verses 14 to 15. Sorry, James 5, verses 14 to 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And I need you to note 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins... He will be forgiven. Our final scripture, which is the main anchor text for this sermon. Let's go to Acts. Acts chapter 2, and I'm doing verses 16 to 17. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will anoint my people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Yes, on my manservants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I want to take that again. And it shall come to pass... In the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Today I'm on a mission to realign your mindset and break down some misconceptions of this landmark called the anointing. As a background, I think we need to look at the historical basis for the anointing, what it means. And then you would understand when I build on that substructure. In those days, shepherds used to anoint or pour oil on the head or injuries of their sheep. You know, as the sheep are roaming, their head will get caught up in thorns. They will fall down mountains. They will bruise themselves. So typically what the shepherd would do when he gets back with the flock is that he would take some oil, anointing oil, and he will pour this oil on the head where the wounds are on the sheep. Because as the wounds are opened, flies, all sorts of insects will be coming to, to, to stress out the sheep, basically. Because it will come and sit on the wound and it will try and, you know, and it gets worse and the sheep may die. So the shepherd will pour oil on the head of the sheep. And once the oil is poured, the, the, the surface of the head becomes very slippery. And so when an insect lands on it, 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 it doesn't have access. It slips off. So over time, this became the way that shepherds will protect their sheep from insects. And, and, and as they are bruised and they are likely to get sick and die, this oil becomes a sort of protection against the, the flies that are attacking the sheep. Over time, it became a custom 
and a sign and a signal of protection. So, because when the oil is poured, basically the sheep is protected from attacks. That is why David said in Psalm 23, that I will anoint your head with oil. When your head is anointed with oil, the significance in those days was that it was going to protect you. The oil was going to protect you. So it was escalated to human beings. Oils those days had very medicinal properties. So somebody is sick, they will come and they are asking God to protect you from that sickness, from that attack of the enemy, that ill health. They will pour oil on you and it's also a sign that God will protect you. So the first mention of the oil is for protection. When we anoint you, we are anointing you for protection. That is what it meant in those days. Then we move on to the second basis and the second reason why oil is poured and anointing is done in those in times past, in ancient days. Because man had sinned, the spirit of God was dead in us. We were soul, we were body. But we had been separated from God. So the spirit which is the active power of God in us was no more. So for God to use somebody in the capacity of a king or a priest, God necessarily had to set that person apart, what we call consecrate. And once that person is consecrated, oil is poured on the head of that person as a sign of the readiness of the person to serve. And once that oil is poured, it becomes a connection. It sets that person apart in a way that the spirit of the Lord will come upon that person and that person is able to fulfill the assignment for which the person has been set apart. I hope you are getting me. So David will be, God will select David as king and Samuel will go and pour oil on the head of David and the spirit of God will fill the heart of David so that he can serve skin when you go to leviticus we are talking about priests and god says that you should separate for me aaron and his sons and you anoint them and you set them apart by the touching of oil and once that is done the spirit of god will fill their hearts and they get the capacity and the ability and the power to serve in the capacities that i have called them so we don't those days they were not anointing for cars you were not anointed because you want to marriage. You were not anointed because you wanted to be rich. Every time the oil was poured on somebody, it was an indication of the person's ability and power to serve as king, lead the people to war, go against the enemy, fight battles on behalf of the people. Anytime a priest was set apart and, and the oil was poured on that priest, that priest will walk in the capacity of God and that priest will lead the people in the way that God wants the people to be led. Nowadays, we anoint for many different reasons. But we'll come to that. I need you to understand the reason why oil is poured. Because this ancient landmark has become a tool for manipulation by men of God and women of God. I'll add myself. Men of God, women of God, bring oil, come and buy oil. 
100 Ghana cities. And unfortunately, typical of us as human beings, anytime that we take the word of God, we pervert it to the point where our, our, our focus moves from the power behind what God instituted to us depending on the two that God used to bless us. So the sun will shine so bright. And suddenly we are not looking at the God who created the sun. But we are looking at the beauty and the power in the sun. And we choose to worship the sun. That is the, the, the unfortunate state of the anointing oil in our times. Now people have faith. Their faith is in the oil. So pastor, give me oil. So that I would take it to my house. As long as the oil that has gone through the pastor's hand is in my house. I don't have a problem. Everything will go smoothly. Oh, pastor, can you, can you pray over this oil for me? And, and, and regardless of the person's understanding and ability to apply the oil. We take the oil and believe somehow erroneously. That the oil has some power to protect us. And to cover us. We have come to misunderstand this ancient landmark so much. That we only believe somebody is anointed. Only when they shake and they fall in church. Oh, this man is anointed. When he touches you fire. Then you fall. But today, my question to you is this. What is the purpose of your desire for the anointing in your life? Why do you need the anointing? Why do you need to be anointed? Why do you need to be set apart? What is the focus and the direction and the desire for the anointing for? That is the question I'm asking you. Because I have told you that the anointing was never done for fun. Anytime the oil was poured, somebody was being set apart to lead battles and to fight and to overcome the enemy. Somebody was being given a capacity to lead and to excel. We read in Exodus that Bezalel was anointed and he wasn't anointed to touch people for them to fall. He wasn't anointed to be shivering in church. He was, we come to church and we say, oh, and then anointing, now, bah, you know, uh, you could feel the anointing in the room. What, what is the anointing? After feeling the anointing and falling under the anointing, when you got up, what changed? Today, I want you to have a mindset shift. If I am not afraid, I will even tell you that in this dispensation of grace, the oil is useless. You don't need oil. But you ask me, but pastor, in the book of James, we are told that if anybody is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint the person with oil. And after the anointing, the person gets well. No, read verse 15. He says that, and the faith of the person, the power of the prayer will heal the sick. The oil was just a way to get the person to connect with you by faith. We are people, we are human beings, we like tangibility. We want to feel that something has touched our outer body. So as a way to ignite the faith of the person that you are praying for. James says that when you go, like we do, and mind you, they were Jews, they were Hebrews. They, they knew that in their, their times past, their fathers will anoint the sheep. And it had become a tradition and a custom. So just to ignite the faith of the person that you are going to pray for touch them with oil but remember the power is not in the oil the prayer of faith 
the faith of the person receiving that oil. And that is why, unfortunately, sometimes when we take that oil, we are deceived and we buy that oil, green oil, white oil. Sometimes you know it works. Because before the person went to that pastor, they have faith that whatever is being prayed for over that oil will happen in their lives. Nothing to do with the oil. It is the prayer of faith that has healed you. So I can come to your house. I can pray over the phone. You don't even need me to come to your house and touch you with oil. You can call me pastor. I am not well. And all I can say is that touch the place of, that is, is bothering you. And let me pray over the phone. And as long as you have faith. And as long as my prayer is effectual and effective. Your healing is assured. Back to my question. So what is the place of the anointing in these times? What is the place of the oil, the consecration, the setting apart? What is the point? Why do we still need it in these times? Because as children of God, we need to be anointed. It is an ancient landmark that we are going to. But today, I want us to go to that landmark with deep understanding of what it means. Isaiah 61, Jesus, we were talking about Jesus and he repeated it in the New Testament. He says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I am anointed. I am the Messiah. I have come to change your story and your situation. And the reason, the, the benefit, the reason why the oil is upon my life, the reason why the spirit of the Lord is upon me is that I have come to set the captives free. I have come to preach good news to the poor. I have come to set at liberty those that are bound. I have come to declare a year of jubilee, a year of the Lord's return in the lives of the people. Jesus is saying that the anointing is released into your life so that you can accomplish what God has ordained for your life. What has God ordained for your life? He has ordained that you will preach good news to the poor. Good news to a person who is poor is financial release. Good news, we are, when we hear good news, it's not about gospel. What is gospel? It's not about you will go to heaven. A poor man's good news. Somebody sitting here right now, if I tell you that after church, come and see me, AJ, for $10,000. I'm not sure you hear the rest of the sermon. The good news, that is all, his good news. He says that I am equipping you, I am pouring out my spirit upon you so that you can preach good news to the poor. You can go to that poor man and say, here is something for you. And before you can reach the heart of that person, you have touched the person's life with, with your generosity and therefore they can sit and open up and hear you share the gospel of Christ to them. He says, I have come to set the captives free. Many of us are bound. Many people we come across in our lives are bound. Bound by fear. Bound by poverty. Bound by limitations and mindset. And he says that I am pouring my spirit upon you. So that you will bring release to those that are bound. So when the spirit of the Lord is upon you. Your mandate is that anybody that comes into your life, in any way, shape, or form that they are bound, by the time they are leaving your presence, they feel a release in their spirit. He says that I have come to set the captives free. 
I have come to bring liberation to those that are lost. I have come to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of the Lord in your life is the time that you begin to manifest your purpose. God has a timing and a reason why he brought you on earth. So the acceptable year of the Lord is the year that you find yourself, not the year you are born, not the year you grow up, but the year that you discover your purpose in life. He says, I am releasing my anointing over your life so that you can come in contact with people and by their relationship with you they can find their purpose in this life and the prophet joel spoke about how it will happen beloved the holy spirit and the anointing is not the end in itself the anointing and the holy spirit is just a catalyst to empower you to be able to do what god has ordained for you so don't just be happy that you go to church and you fall and you rise don't just be happy that you have oil in your house don't just be happy that you are anointed you are anointed for what you are anointed and empowered for greatness so joel said that in the last I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh that happened again on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit came into our hearts now we have moved from the olden days where we needed to touch you with oil for the spirit to come upon you now God says that in the last days we don't need to touch anybody but the spirit of the living God now comes to reside in your heart so on the day of Pentecost we opened up our hearts the Holy Spirit came into our hearts by he says that, that when I come, oh, your, your young men shall see visions. Your maid servants and man servants, they will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm showing you the roots to be able to accomplish what was said in Isaiah 61. Bringing good news to the poor, setting the captives free, declaring the year of the Lord. How do you do that? As a child of God, once the Holy Spirit has come to reside in you, Joel is making a declaration and saying that when the Holy Spirit is actually in you, you have understanding, you have accepted the Holy Spirit, you are anointed for great wealth. He says, God says, in the realms of the Spirit, you will connect to me via dreams, I will connect to you through visions. And I I will make you prophesy prophesy is speaking the mind of god concerning a future situation so when god has given you a dream when god has opened up your purpose for you when god has spoken about that business opportunity to you he says that the old men will connect in dreams the young men will have visions they will hear god speak they will have an understanding of the word of god and based on the dreams and the visions they will speak the word of god they will speak power into their lives they will speak resuscitation to their businesses they will speak the glory of god over their children because the mind of god the word of god is a prophecy and everywhere that god has spoken no matter how long it takes it will come to pass as long as it was based on a dream and a vision if you are not just talking because other people are talking but you have connected through the holy spirit and you are dreaming dreams and you are seeing visions when you open your mouth 
altar. Anything that you declare. Elijah was a man of like nature. But he said the rain should not fall. And he became a prophetic word. And he had to come back and say let the rains fall. That was a man who had the spirit upon him. But we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. What are the declarations that we are making? When something is dying in your hands. Joel is saying that in the last days. Uh, I will give you dreams. Uh, I will give you visions. Uh, and out of the visions. Uh, you can speak a word. And as long as that word is from God. It must happen. That is the realm of the spiritual. But you are soul and you are body. A dream can also be something that in your soul realm you have put ahead of you. Until you can dream about your future. Until you can dream about opportunities. Until you can dream about your well-being. Until you can dream of what God wants you to have. There's no starting point. What is a dream? Martin Luther said, I have a dream. That one day, all will be free. I have a dream that one day the world will come to know Christ through me. I have a dream that I will be a lender to nations. I have a dream that I will be a mother to many. I have a dream that my ministry will have longevity. That it will be relevant for as long as the word of God remains relevant. Today my question to you is this. What is your dream? How do you walk around this life without a dream? Why have you allowed the enemy to detract you from dreaming? Dreams are free. Let the dreams be big. Dream about your future. Dream about your marriage. Dream about your business. Dream about your finances. Dream about the work God has placed in your hands. Dream about it. Dream about it. He says that when the spirit of God is upon you, I will give you the ability to dream. If somebody is limited in their dreams, as far as your eyes can see, that is where your legs will take you. So I am telling somebody this morning, open up your mind. Tell the Holy Spirit that as long as you are in my heart, I have to dream. I have to dream. A dream is not enough. It must move to the realms of a vision. The secular world will tell you what a vision is. It is what you have set your eyes to achieve. Believers are sitting in under grace and under authority and under the mandate of the Holy Spirit and they are wasting the anointing. All they know is that the Benny Abeya anointing, I'm the oil laba, and anoint myself. Anoint yourself for what? What are your dreams? What are your visions? Have you written those visions down? Have you decided that in this year, in the year 2020, by the time the year comes to an end, this is the vision for my faith, this is the vision for my life, this is the vision for my finances? A, a, a believer. Or somebody who claims to be anointed but has no dreams and has no vision. I submit to you today that you are anointedless. Forgive, forgive me if it's not a word. It doesn't matter if we pour one drum of oil over your head. You don't have anointing. You have olive oil. You have maybe peanut butter oil. Whatever oil you have. I am telling you today. That if you believe that you are anointed for great works, then you must have a dream. Then you must have a vision. 
and they don't remain there, you must be able to speak those things to life. He says, your men and women, they will prophesy. What is coming out of your mouth is a prophecy. And if you are anointed person, I want to tell you today, watch the things that come out of your mouth. Because everything that you declare will be what will be established. Because in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. My young men and young women shall prophesy. And the prophecies can be negative, I'm telling you. Elijah said it should not rain. It was not a good prophecy. But God was, uh, was mandated to make that happen. Why? Because the spirit was at work. So if you have understanding, your prophecies, the things that come out of your mouth, the declarations you make about your life, your business, your home, your husband, your wife, the declarations you make about your health, the declarations you speak, they shall come to pass. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. The anointing is not for church. The anointing is not for pastors. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The anointing is not to come to church and fall down and get up and shake and cry. The anointing is not to pour oil and then you have an, a feeling of shaking and then, and then you finish and you are gone. The anointing is for people like Bezalel. That man was anointed as a craftsman. And as a craftsman, he was excellent. Why? Because the anointing was upon him. What work are you doing? What work God has God given you to do? You are not mandated to be a preacher. You are not a pastor. You are not a prophet. You are none of them. But God is saying that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So if you are a dressmaker, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. And as you declare the prophetic words of God, you have a dream, you have a vision. As you make those declarations, it shall come to pass. It will release resources into your hands. So when you meet that poor person, you can set them free by giving them the good news of a release. What has God called you to do? What is your secular work? Because today I am challenging all of you. Your anointing is so that you can be perfect and excellent in the work of your hands. And that will give you the power that is you need for these end times. That is what will give you the power over sicknesses. That is what will give you the power over anything that the enemy has set against your life. When you are anointed, but witches come after you and you are looking for your pastor. Where is your anointing? Because he says that the anointing will enable you to deal with the enemy and the works of the enemy. The apostles came back after they had gone out and said that when we were preaching the news, we saw Satan fall like lightning. The anointing will give you power over every work of the enemy. The anointing will equip you to rise up above in difficult times and challenge the status quo. The anointing will put a dream in your heart. Even in the land of famine, the anointing will cause you to take steps and to sow because you know that as long as the anointing is resting on your life, you will reap a hundredfold in the same year in the land of famine. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Anointing for dreams, for visions, for prophecies. And these are not the ends in themselves. Your dreams, your visions, your prophecies, 
have not been given to you so that you would enjoy alone, so that you will be comfortable. It has been given to you so that you can set captives free, so that you can bring good news to the poor, so that you can declare an acceptable year of the Lord, so that you can release those that the enemy has bound in sickness, in shame, in poverty. The anointing has been released to you. You ought to dream. You ought to have visions. You ought to have prophetic declarations over your life. But when God has been faithful to his word and he has blessed you, your mandate and your assignment and the purpose of the anointing is so that you fulfill Isaiah 61. I pray that somebody will change their mindsets. Stop chasing oil. It is just oil. Sometimes I use that oil to fry fish at home. Oil, oil is just oil. It has no power. Let's begin to change the way we think, the way we view the things, the ancient landmarks. Let them be meaningful and significant in our lives. Let's stop living our lives that we don't understand the power at work in our lives. But we are so focused on the things that God used as mediums to bless our life. If your faith is more in the oil than in the word of God, you have no anointing. Let's go back to that landmark. The landmark where we receive the power. The power that enables us to live lives that will bring liberty to them that are lost. God bless you. I hope your mind has been changed. I hope you are receiving anointing. For the work that God has placed in your hands. I pray that today when you go home, go and kneel by your bed. And whatever you are doing, tell the Lord, the Lord, anoint me to be able to do and excel so that I can be a blessing to my generation. We thank you for tuning in. And I pray that you will continue to be a part of our journey. I have to announce to all of you that something amazing is happening at the Hope Arena. We are just preparing to launch our virtual church. It will be an online 24-7 channel. Anytime you tune in, there will be a word being shared. There will be music being played. There will be people sharing their testimonies 24-7. In line with that, on the 29th, there's going to be a taping session here. Some pastors are going to come through and speak and, and share a word and then would record. It's Rema Festival on Fleek. You know, so I'm inviting you. We need some people to be in here um, because we want the pastors to be speaking to human beings. It's a service. So if you're free on the 29th, it's starting at 8 a.m. right until 7 p.m. So anytime you can pass through. We have pastors like Pastor Eben, ICGC. Um, Pastor Jennifer Coffey will come through. Pastor Timothy Bentum will come. Um, Danny will be speaking. Uh, Abwe Amegavi will be speaking. Um, a lot of pastors will come through. Pastor Alex will come through. And we are inviting, if you are watching us at home, you can join in. Pass through. It's going to be an amazing time. Nice set design. Beautiful ambience. You would love it. And it's the whole day. So find time. Come through and let's tape. And after we are done... Um, our virtual church will be launched. Um, the, the channel will also have other things apart from church. So we'll have lifestyle. We'll have all sorts of interesting things on our virtual church. The name of that church is Hope Connect. And it's coming live 
very soon. God bless you for tuning in. If you want to donate, you want to make an offering and you are home, all you need to do is dial star 800 star 80 hash. And the, the prompt will come and then you can give an offering unto the Lord. Thank you. Tune in again next week. God bless you.